to all of you who have listened, shared and connected with me, thank you. I started Empower with Mahi because my deepest passion is for women to feel empowered. My new business, Organize Her, is no different. The tools we create are designed to give the busy woman back her peace of mind by helping her keep her shit together and get stuff done. Our vision is for women everywhere to feel in control of their lives, confident within themselves, and have enough time for everything that matters to them. And I am so excited to announce that Organize Her has officially launched and our productivity planner is available now at our website in addition to our digital moneymaker budget tracker. Those of you who have followed along throughout 2023 know how much time and thought has gone into these productivity planners and I know I am totally biased because this is my baby but I am completely obsessed with the planner and I know you will be too. Our website link is in the description organizeher.co and from the bottom of my heart thank you for inspiring me to fulfill my purpose for your ongoing support and for being a part of this journey with me. Kia ora and welcome to Empower, the podcast that has one sole purpose, which is to inspire you to live your best life as your best self. My name is Mahi Sorensen. I'm a lawyer, girl power advocate, growing independent woman, of course. I'm obsessed with self-love and personal development. So now I'm also the host of this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I will do my best to make sure that you can take something meaningful from this podcast and apply it to your everyday life. But for now, I am about to become your personal hype woman because it is my purpose to empower and I hope to do the same for you. Kiriti Fano, welcome to today's episode. Let's be honest, this one has been coming for a long time and many of you will understand what I mean when I say that so much of my life and my experiences are colored by the fact that I'm a brown woman, a Maori woman living in a country which not too long ago was colonized by a crown that actively and intentionally disempowered, deprived and destroyed the livelihood of indigenous people. Colonization was bad and anyone that argues otherwise is ignorant and uneducated, maybe both. I have had many significant experiences in my life that have been centered around my brownness. And while this episode is specifically about racism in the workplace, I think we all know I could do a whole podcast speaking on experiences of racism. That might actually be a really good podcast to listen to, but I'm not going to do that. Today we will talk about work. Maybe it's just part of growing up or maybe it's the environments I've worked in, but I became inherently aware of racism when I started working professionally and those microaggressions that maybe I hadn't noticed before, they became abundantly clear when I started working full time. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you can do if it's something you've experienced or something you've noticed. Before we get into it though, just a quick reminder, for August I released my free personal development monthly plan for you. Hopefully you've gone along to the website to download it. But for this next month, for September, I have launched a free weekly habit tracker. Goals don't feel so scary when you can break them down into manageable daily habits. So your habit tracker contains a space to write down your focus for the week, five habits that you want to incorporate into your week with daily trackers, and a reflection space to write in once you get to the end of the week. You can download it for free from my website, and I will put the link and the info in the description for you. Let's get back to today's episode. I want to start with some context because I think context always helps. 
I was born and raised in Christchurch. And for those of you who may not be familiar with Christchurch, basically I was the token brown kid for the first 18 years of my life. Most of the time I only existed in white spaces. Most of my friends were white, at least when I was quite a bit younger. I went to schools that were predominantly white and I was pretty disconnected, dare I say, ashamed of my Maori tanga. Both of my parents whakapapa to North Island iwi, all of my marae are in the North Island, so there was just zero connection for me growing up in Christchurch in the South Island, far away from all of my kind of whānau and extended whānau. And because of that, I know now that I experienced a lot of racism growing up, but I didn't know that's what it was because I didn't know any different. When you grow up around it, you don't know anything else. I moved to Auckland for my first year of uni, and that was when I was really exposed to, I want to say it was like an awakening for me. I was really exposed to the truth. And I remember sitting in a first year law lecture and learning only then that the Treaty of Waitangi was actually just a huge scam. I was 18 learning this and I had never learned that in high school. We learned about the treaty, but we didn't learn that. We just learned that there were two versions and a bunch of wards, but it was never made expressly clear why there were two versions and why there were wars. I know it like the back of my hand now because now my day job for the next two weeks anyway is all about crown obligations to Māori to right the wrongs from way back when that treaty was signed and so on. So I had my epiphany at 18 and then everything became very clear. Suddenly that comment someone made when I was 10 that made me uncomfortable, so uncomfortable that I still remembered it, it's because it was racist. Or the reason me and my very few brown friends were followed around clothing shops wasn't because we were young, per se. It was because we were young and brown. So that's the context. I'm obviously now an adult and I am realizing things and I am noticing things. And then I become a lawyer and I start working and then I'm really realizing things. I remember being in a meeting, like in a big boardroom. And I was the only brown person in that room. Not unusual. And someone in the room that was not Māori pronounced a Māori word correctly. And that seems small, right? That's the bare minimum. But at the time, in that environment, it was really out of the ordinary to see someone that wasn't Māori making their effort, especially when you get used to hearing people butcher kupu Māori all the time. Like, that's what happened to my name, still happens to my name, for as long as I can remember. So I did appreciate that someone was making the effort. And as soon as the word came out of this person's mouth, another person in the room, a much more experienced, older, white man, started laughing at this person and mocking this person for their pronunciation, mocking them for saying the word correctly. And then almost instantly, you could see the dread on the face of everyone in the room as they turned to me, realized there was someone that is Māori in the room. And anticipated a reaction out of me. And I don't know what they expected out of me. What was I supposed to do? Call them racist? For mocking the language that was beaten out of my ancestors? Call out the rest of the people in the room for being complicit? And placing the burden on my shoulders to defend an entire people? I wish that I could go back now and say all of those things. But I was the youngest, the most inexperienced person in that room. And I had not prepared to go into battle that day. So survival mode kicks in, as it does, and I said nothing. Everyone else said nothing, and we all carried on with the rest of our day as if nothing happened. That was four years ago now. And I suspect most of the people that were in that room 
that day have forgotten about it, but I haven't. I didn't respond or react in the way that I would now for a few reasons. Number one, because I was new to the industry and I did not have the confidence or the self-belief to really back myself. Two, because I wasn't actually sure if anyone else would back me. Probably not, to be honest. And most importantly, number three, I didn't know how to respond. I didn't have the tools to respond effectively. These days, now I do. That's what I want to impart on you in this episode right now. Kia ora, just quickly, those of you who follow me on Instagram or TikTok will already know that I'm obsessed with my desk bird standing desk. I purchased it last year and when I tell you it is one of the best things that I have ever invested in, I work from home and I could not do it without my standing desk. So I'm super excited to let you know that I have partnered with Deskbird and you can use my discount code MEHI to get $40 off any desk purchase on their website. They are an investment and trust me when I say I did a lot of research into the best standing desk before I purchased mine and I truly believe they are the best on the market. Even better, they've got free shipping New Zealand wide and a 10 year warranty so why wouldn't you want to check them out? Link and details in the description. So tip number one is ask for clarification. This is totally one of the most effective ways to shut down stupid comments, racist or otherwise. I get lots of dumb comments on my TikTok videos in particular, some of which are racist. So let me just frame this for you. If someone says something racist to you, and instead of getting uncomfortable or trying to divert the situation or the conversation somewhere else, you respond with... What do you mean by that? And then suddenly they have to reframe their racist statement in a different way, which is probably just as racist, to which you respond with, can you just explain what you meant by that though? And ideally what this will do is make the racist person reframe their statement in such a way that they realize how it sounds and that they've made a fool of themselves and then they'll back off right? In a perfect world. Of course, that would require some level of self-awareness, which many racists typically lack. So even if through all of these reframing of racist statements, they still don't realize that they're being racist, what they will feel is stupid because whatever impact they thought they were having with that initial racist statement, clearly it wasn't hitting. No one gets it. And usually they will just give up and walk away. Of course, You could also just call them out directly, but you may not be in a position to do so, or it may not be safe for you to do so. So this is a really good way to end that conversation in its tracks. I also recommend using it for men in powerful positions that make stupid or inappropriate jokes. Works a charm. For too long, we all had to pretend that their jokes were funny, but actually let's stop doing that. Because if it's inappropriate, it's inappropriate. If it's offensive, it's offensive. So it's 2022, let's call it out. Tip number two, if you aren't in a position to call someone out, speak to someone that is. If there is someone in a position of power at work that you trust to deal with the matter, then speak to them. This is a bit of a catch-22 though, because sometimes people that you look to for help and support can let you down. So be prepared for that and don't have any expectations. But the point is that if there is someone that you do trust, perhaps just start a conversation about it. You don't even need to name names, but the purpose is to flag that there is a problem. And fingers crossed, if they really care about you, they'll do something about it. 
thankfully, and maybe I'm being a bit too optimistic here, but we live at a time where generally racism is frowned upon, especially in comparison to previous generations. So now is the time to speak up if you feel safe enough to do so. Tip number three is speaking to your loved ones about it. I did not do this enough and I actually didn't realize it until I was surrounded by other people and we felt comfortable enough and trusted each other enough to start sharing these experiences that we've had. And funnily enough, when I hear other people telling me a story about a situation that they had at a shop or with a teacher or with an employer or with just someone else at work, and then I realize, oh, actually, hold on, that's happened to me. I thought that was just like a me thing, but maybe it's not. Like maybe they didn't just have an issue with me for no reason. Maybe they were racist. And what this does is validate your feelings because I think especially when you're not used to these conversations and you're not used to labeling something as being racist when it is, it's really easy to gaslight yourself. That's what I did for the first 18 years of my life. Like someone would say something to me and I'd be like, was that racist? Like one that I used to get all the time was, oh, you're really smart for someone who's Maori. And I was like, "Is that, are you... Is that supposed to be a compliment? That's not what the commune is giving. But I was never 100% sure. And because I was never 100% sure, I would gaslight myself and say, "Mm, maybe you're overreacting. Like maybe that wasn't what you think it is. We don't need to have these conversations in our head anymore. If you've got people in your life that you love and that care about you, then speak to them about what's been happening to you. Communicate, tell them how you're feeling. Stop invalidating your feelings in your head because chances are they're probably there for a good reason. Tip number four is to leave. If you are constantly being subjected to racist or inappropriate comments or treatment at your workplace, leave. Maybe it's the like zillennial in me. And maybe it's also partly the privilege that I have in knowing that if I had to leave my job, I could find another job relatively quickly. But it's 2022. And we don't actually need to be putting up with racist or inappropriate, unprofessional behavior in workplaces. It's unacceptable. For most of us, a lot of our time is spent at work and you don't need to spend that time being subjected to racism or bigotry. It's not the norm. And if anyone tries to convince you of otherwise and says, oh, it's just part of the culture or it's a rite of passage, everyone has to go through it or that person, that's just the way that they are. You don't have to put up with it. Anyone making those excuses today is sick. If you can, leave and go somewhere where you are treated with respect, which is the bare minimum. And lastly, tip number five is especially for those of you who maybe see it happening, but don't experience racism directly and you want to know what you can do to help, stand up for people. If you are in a position of power or you're in a position of privilege, stand up for people who aren't in enough of a safe space to be able to do it for themselves. Don't be like everyone that was in that boardroom with me when one person made a racist pass and instead of doing anything about it, they all stared at me like I was supposed to do something about it. Be an ally and stop letting your black or brown or indigenous friends of color continue carrying the burden of having to defend themselves every time someone makes a racist pass or says something that is clearly racially motivated. It is hard enough being subjected to it, so stand up for your friends and do better. Anyways, that's about all I've got for you today. This was heavy. It's heavy for a reason because it's important. I know that a lot of the people that probably should listen to this episode will never 
listen to it. And that's okay because you're listening to it. And I implore you, no matter what background you're from or where you work, do better. We all need to do better. We all need to look out for each other and look out for yourselves. It's not just about people who are Māori because there are a number of other minorities living in this country, living around the world that are subjected to racism. And don't even bring up the reverse racism thing. That's not real. Anyways, (laughs) I'm always here if you need me. On that note, I will love you and leave you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate that you've taken time out of your day to listen to me. So make sure you do something kind for yourself and I will chat to you next week.